0: my name is Elle and you are listening to the New Leaf Project where we are sharing the stories of planters, starters, instigators, and innovators from all across Canada. And this summer we have been doing something called the Neighborhood Series. We have been featuring stories from the neighborhoods all across Canada, people doing meaningful work, Whether associated with an official church or doing mission-minded, kingdom-oriented things in small, micro-experiments, we've been sharing stories and we've been receiving so much feedback from you who have been listening that you've been encouraged and inspired and even challenged by these neighborhood stories. And so we're so honored to be able to share another story with you today. This is Aaron Oxford from the Dale Ministries in downtown Toronto. And friends, I want you to pay attention to so many awesome things that Erin shares in this interview. She has been doing neighborhood work for what seems like her entire life, and Erin joined the team at the Dale in 2007, and in 2012, she became the full-time executive director and pastor. She is a very wise lady. It is such a cool story. I learned things about the Dale that I didn't know. Things like they were originally Parkdale Community Church, And when they intentionally made space um, to center people who were well acquainted with poverty, mental health and addiction at the center of uh, their community, they ca- they knew in that moment that they would never really be sustained by the tithes of those who attended. And though people gave generously from what they had, of course, they kind of made that decision and they knew that this would be a bit of a stretch of faith. And so even as they were a th- thriving and growing community, actually outgrowing the space that they had, uh, they were on the brink of uh, losing their space. And so in 2012, they took down the sign, and Aaron calls it the day that they spilled out into the neighborhood. And wow, what interesting stuff has happened in the Dale since 2000. 2000- 12. I want you to also pay attention to all the ways that they partner with other churches and organizations to keep the Dale going because really the Dale is an organization or a church without walls and so they utilize other churches XX space and it is so interesting to hear how people have come together for this neighborhood and community. So this is my interview with Aaron Oxford at the Dale Ministries. Well hello friends, I am here with Aaron Oxford in downtown Toronto. Are you technically downtown? How does that, does that work to say downtown? I would say it does. Okay, we Yeah, perfect. very much in the core. In the core. We're in the
1: west end, but it's still, yeah, it's downtown. Deep city. The deep
0: city. Well, thanks so much for being here today, hanging out with us and sharing uh, your story about the Dale. So for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. As you've introduced me, my name's Erin Oxford. I was born and raised in Toronto, actually, um, right in the downtown (laughs) at St. Michael's Hospital. And uh, it's funny because I meet so many people who are shocked that anybody is really from Toronto. Everybody thinks that people come from somewhere else. Right. So they often... Ask me to follow up and explain where I'm really from, <laughs> but I am from Toronto. Um, I have a brother who happens to live on the same street as my husband and daughter and I, uh, which is great um, with his family. I'm married to Dion, and we have a 16 year old daughter who currently is up working at a little camp. So I haven't seen her since July or the beginning of (laughs) July, which has been strange. Um, And uh, I've been working, doing the kind of work that um, I'm in for my entire adult life. Mm. So I felt a strong call um, to work alongside people, especially those who are well acquainted with poverty. Um, And so that's what I've been doing since my early 20s. Wow. That's a bit about me. Yeah.
0: No, that's great. You're right. Not a lot of people are actually from Toronto. So <laughs> that is a good little bit of trivia. I think there are
1: more of us than people believe, yeah. but yes, <laughs> <Yeah.
0: it's> true. <laughs> I was born in Mississauga, so I tried to be born in Toronto. I just couldn't, I didn't make it all the way down the Kiwi, so... Well, it was a good effort. Yes, yeah, a good effort, yeah. <laughs> I would love to hear about the neighbourhood that you are currently in. And I know you do lots of neighbourhood work and lots of uh, stuff with the Dale. So tell us a little bit about uh, where your neighbourhood is.
1: The Dale is in Parkdale, which is a West End neighbourhood in Toronto that has seen a lot of change over the years. Uh, my understanding is that uh, long before I worked in it, so more in the 30s and 40s, It was one of the most affluent neighbourhoods in Toronto. Mm. Uh, Huge homes, which you can still see. uh, And people loved it because there was easy access to the lake. So we're just north of Lake Ontario, just a little east of High Park, which a lot of people, even if you're not from Toronto, know about. So a really lovely area. Uh, It saw a lot of change over the years there were we often say that there were two big contributors to the change of course there were many things but the two big ones were that the gardener expressway was built so the highway essentially severed people's access to the lake mm-hmm. which was a huge challenge and so people started to move out of the neighborhood it wasn't as desirable anymore and also mental health care was deinstitutionalized and so many of the people who had been living uh, at what is now known as CAMH, or the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, uh, were suddenly out and needed to make a home for themselves somewhere. And many people stayed in Parkdale. So Parkdale began to change and uh, became known for its high rate of poverty and diagnosed mental health challenges amongst its population. And now it's changing again. And so it's really, we're experiencing a huge amount of gentrification, lots of new restaurants and uh, condos and things like that. And so the Dale is sitting (laughs) right in the middle of that. And we're trying to figure out what it looks like to celebrate the diversity of the neighborhood and live well together.
0: When did you, um, when did you like personally move to that area and start this work that you're doing?
1: I started working uh, in Parkdale in 2007, and at the time, the Dale was known as Parkdale Neighborhood Church, and was housed in the basement of um, an Anglican church. Actually, so it was a space that we leased. And my role at uh, initially was quite part time. I'd previously worked at Sanctuary, um, another ministry right in downtown Toronto and had only left there because I had Kate and really wanted to stay home with her. When I was ready to start back into work, um, there was this opportunity in Parkdale. And so I decided to go to it. So that's how many years ago is that? Dear me? That's a few. A lot. <laughs> a few. <laughs> yeah. So that was the beginning for me. So, and um, we had always been um, a church that was that had funding through really a single source. And our challenge was that we had decided to very intentionally place at our core those who often aren't uh, because they've been marginalized. So we want to be a a welcoming space for all people, no matter the circumstances, Mm -hmm. Uh, and wanted to make sure that there was space created for those who are well acquainted with, poverty and um, addiction and mental health challenges Mm -hmm. saying at the same time that we all struggle with something so we all have our thing by doing that though what we faced was that we were never going to be a church that was sustained by the tithes of our people that i and i always say i want and this is still true to this day that our people give generously it's just out of their very little. Mm -hmm. And, And sometimes it's not financially, right? And we celebrate those gifts as well. But what happened was that single source donor needed to pull away for a variety of reasons. And we didn't really have time to catch up to make the difference. And we entered a really serious crisis, financial crisis. And it, it, I mean, we went right up to the edge and over. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty in that way. The irony was that we were a community that was thriving. Mm-hmm. And so while we couldn't afford our space anymore, we were actually outgrowing it. And so we needed to figure out what to do. My, uh, the former director made the difficult decision to leave at that time. And there were only two of us on staff. And the board of directors decided to invite me um, into leadership and asked me to come up with some kind of plan, which was terrifying. I can only imagine. <laughs> I, I knew that I, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't, I, I didn't know um, immediately what that was going to look like, but I knew I wanted to try. And so the decision uh, became that we were going to try to reboot ourselves mm which meant that we were going to extinguish as much expense as we possibly could and pare down a little bit what we were doing while really working to maintain our um, presence in the neighborhood. So we got rid of most of what we owned, gave it away, and we gave notice, I gave notice to the building that had been ours Mm. since about 2006, I guess. And uh, on a sunny day at the end of June in 2012, I took down the sign from the door and our gate. And I like to say it was the day that we spilled into the streets. (laughs) Hmm. And I remember communicating that decision to everybody. And the obvious first question was, where are we going? Uh, And at the time, I didn't yet know. But I knew that we were a group that deserved to continue to gather, and so I kept saying that that was the narrative. And most people, after that initial shock wore off, kind of shrugged their shoulders and were like, "Huh, okay, well, sure, I'll I'll come," and, and pointed at me, saying, "And maybe now you'll get it a little more," which was fair. And what they meant was they they knew that I had never been underhoused myself. Um, hmm. I haven't known poverty in the same way though i've lived very close to it in many ways Hmm. and so this was an opportunity for me to understand how to be transient and to learn from my friends who know all about that (laughs) Um, and an amazing thing happened and that was that everybody i think became even more fiercely protective of our community and wanting it to continue. So then I started knocking on doors to see if there was any space in the neighborhood that was willing to share some with us. Uh, I know that there are a number of church buildings um, that you know have lots of space and maybe aren't used every day of the week to see if somebody would be willing to house our programming. We run a lot of different drop-ins. And if not, if nobody was going to say yes, I thought, well, at least we, it's the summer, we can have drop-in outside. Right. <laughs> and fortunately, a church um, said yes almost immediately to housing our largest program, which is a drop-in on Mondays where we serve lunch to now to 100, 100 plus, 120 to 150 even sometimes people. And so they wanted us to bring our fridge and our freezer, which was great our own plates and so we rolled this industrial <laughs> fridge and freezer down
0: queen street that would have been a great sight i hope you got oh, a picture i something. hope someone got a picture of that moment i think there are a few kicking around and it was also
1: cool because i kept asking we i wanted us to decide together how we were going to move forward and a lot of people thought it, it would be great if we could make a way to ensure that people knew where we were going. Right. So one of the ideas was that we would dip our feet in like this chalk-based paint and paint footprints. And so there we were rolling this fridge and freezer down Queen Street with people dipping their feet in paint. And we left footprints, a trail of footprints to our next location. It was a pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. So I became the only staff member and um, I never felt alone because the community was so amazing at coming alongside and doing it all together. I felt at the time very alone in in the weight of my role, I mm. would say. And so I moved toward raising the funds for my own salary and uh, started you know, a real fundraising model for everything. And we also decided to, it was time to change our name. That Parkdale Neighborhood Church didn't really reflect or describe well exactly who we were. Certainly when we went to funders, it was a challenge because most people understand whether they're faith-based or not, that churches are sustained by internally. Right. And so Unless I had an opportunity to describe what who we were and what we were doing, it it would often fall on, on deaf ears. So uh, we decided to change our name, and I asked the community to describe what Parkdale Neighborhood Church meant to them, and they said a number of things, but the number one word was that we were safe and. We had wondered about keeping Parkdale in our name because we're so rooted in the neighborhood. And so we went with the Dale because it's reminiscent of the neighborhood. And a Dale is that valley that cuts through a mountain and where you'd go to be safe during this time of a storm. So instead of standing on top of the mountain waiting for the lightning to strike, um, you go into the Dale. And there's so many beautiful illusions, you know, biblical illusions about God walking with us through those dales and valleys and so it felt fitting and we've been the dale ever since or the dale ministries because we didn't want to give up the fact that we were very that our foundation is jesus that's what our work pours out of Mm -hmm. Um, i mean there's so much to say that's some of the story (laughs) of the dale so what does and now we're in 2019 and we And we're still a community without our own walls. Wow.
0: So what does a week in the life of the Dale look like right now? On
1: Sunday, we have a worship service, a church service at two o'clock in the afternoon at the Anglican church, strangely that we're homeless out of, but now back in (laughs) uh, for that. And it's a very come as you are sort of experience. Um, I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of the week. Mm. On Mondays, we use a Presbyterian church for our lunch drop-in. So we're open from 10 until three, and we serve lunch at one. Everything we do, we're trying to invite people into full participation of it in whatever way they're able to. So there's a very large number of people from our What I'll call our core community, who show up to set up the room, help cook, uh, get the food out, distributed, and then clean up after. So it really is a community meal by the community and for the community, which I love. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's every Monday. Uh, We're a second harvest agency, which is a food rescue organization that we um, have a beautiful partnership with and so they deliver food actually on the Sunday and we uh, decide what to make based on whatever food it is that we get which is an interesting way to cook (laughs) but fortunately we have a wonderful volunteer kitchen coordinator who's been around for a very long time and she's good at that so she helps to direct what's going on On Tuesdays, we have a staff meeting because now I'm not alone. Now we do have a larger staff, Uh, a staff meeting at a local coffee shop. And I carry my office in my bag, which is pretty great. These days, it's easy, right? A laptop and grab Wi-Fi and (laughs) those kinds of things. Uh, On Tuesday afternoons, we do a smaller scale drop-in at the back of a Salvation Army thrift store. Sounds weird, but it works. It's, they have a coffee corner. Hmm at the back of the store. So it's where they keep their books. There's a table, um, a rotating collection of chairs and other furniture, a (laughs) sink. So we play a lot of Scrabble and (laughs) chat, have snacks. In the summer, when the weather's nice, we move that drop into a park. Mm. And so weather dependent, which we love. On Tuesday evenings, we have a very conversational Bible study at a Franciscan monk run organization called St. Francis Table. <laughs> They've been really generous with us. They they run a restaurant where they serve meals, a beautiful meal for a dollar. And so a group gathers at 530 on Tuesdays, brings a dollar, eats together, and then moves over to the other side, which is called the St. Clair Center for a Bible study. Mm. On Wednesdays, uh, which is uh, where I am right now, actually, is a place called First Baptist Church, and they've uh, given us space or access to their building on Wednesdays for some administration. Uh, Wednesday afternoons, we're out on the street. um, So either walking through our neighborhood, just connecting with people where they are, or offering um, pastoral support, which could be anything from visiting somebody in the hospital, Mm. accompanying somebody to an appointment or to court, uh, helping in people's homes. There's a lot of people who are precariously housed and at risk of eviction. And so we'll go in and help with um, cleaning or pest control, (laughs) or sort of you name it, Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll try to do it. Um, Thursdays, We run another drop-in, a breakfast and art-making drop-in at Parkdale Queen West Community Health Center, uh, which is wonderful. Again, it's helping to bridge the gap, too, between a lot of our people and the wonderful folks at the health center who have a lot of things to offer, but sometimes our community is out of fear or whatever, isn't accessing the services available there, so we're trying to... That gap. Um, another reason why partnership is great. <laughs> and uh, Thursday again, we would be doing more um, one-on-one support of people. Uh, mixed into all of that is a lot of fundraising, and uh, for myself, also more administration and and prep for things like Sunday. So it's a full. That's a week at the Dale. Wow. It's full.
0: So. That like you are I know people talk a lot about being rooted in a place or being present, but you you like you're seriously rooted in this neighborhood. Like this is this is what you this is what you live and breathe. We love Parkdale.
1: <laughs> we really do. We we love the neighborhood. There's a an amazing village quality to Parkdale. In fact, it even says that on the street signs. Mm. Welcome to the village of Parkdale. And I I love that. We can we can't walk down Queen Street West without running into people that we know and friends. Um, I I love that the way that uh, not having a building has allowed us to more fully inhabit the neighborhood. That We're just sort of all around. Uh, one years ago, somebody asked a friend of our mine on the street where like where is it that you can find the Dale. And he said, "Well, it's on the street, Natch." And I thought that's so amazing that that the community just expects that they'll be able to find us. And it's a it's a small enough neighborhood that that's possible too, right? Hmm. Like we're not we're not trying to fill a huge area of the city. We're just trying to focus on our little area of the city, our neighborhood.
0: And it sounds like when you describe the the week, it sounds like, I mean, you're in an Anglican church, then a Presbyterian church and a Baptist, like you've really sort of brought other churches who maybe weren't necessarily neighborhood minded as much as you together along on this journey with you.
1: Yeah. And that's been really exciting, like to be able to build those partnerships, to see, to realize that we have things to offer one another, right? Like that. But we have something to teach and they have something to teach us. And there's a beautiful synergy, I think, that happens as a result. It can be challenging too, but in lots of good ways. And the Presbyterian church is a good example of um, one that when they invited us in, acknowledged that they, they really wanted to be doing more in the neighborhood, had even thought about doing some kind of community meal. But we're struggling to know exactly how to do that and what that could look like. And now they do have one uh every month that so many people come to and I think that's wonderful just to see things happening mm-hmm. growing mm-hmm. together and realizing that we have more alike than we we're more alike than we are different.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful that's a beautiful picture of what the body of Christ should be on its best days. <laughs> So it's just thinking about people who would be listening to the podcast like you it feels like you're far down this road and you've really had a lot of experience on how to cultivate presence in a neighborhood if if someone was listening to this and was wondering what are what's what's a small thing that I could do to be more present to open up the doors or as you said like when you don't have walls of your own the church kind of spills out onto the street uh, what are what are some helpful hints that people could um, practically start to start to do to be more present in the place they find themselves
1: for me one of the most powerful things is simply walking through the neighborhood and doing it regularly because i think as you do that you you start to pass the same places again and again and you start to the people who you know are consistently hanging out at that particular coffee shop or on that corner um and it's slow work. I think that's important too, like that our presence in the neighborhood um, can continue to grow. I don't think it will ever stop. Uh, And, and it's taken a long time to get to where we are. And so sort of the slow, steady work of presence, (laughs) of presence and building relationship. Um, And I think, again, a good place to start is just simply by walking. Uh, noticing things maybe in a different way. We sometimes take groups out in the evening to walk through Parkdale. And usually that's what we say at the very beginning is, let's try to really have our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds open uh, to what there is for us to see to be to realize that Jesus is present and active in this neighborhood and that it's not we're we're not the ones who are responsible for bringing him into it, that Jesus is already here (laughs) and that we get to participate in what's happening. Um, so walking, I, I think that there are easy, uh, like I would love for people to get outside of buildings. Um, it was really good for me to learn how important that was. And so you know, what are the things that you could do easily in a place other than your building? Like, mm-hmm. Could you gather to chat one evening a week in uh, a a coffee time? There's a coffee time in Parkdale that for years, that's where we did our Bible study. And we only stopped doing it because they were renovated and it wasn't as conducive. Mm. But still, once a month, we move the Bible study back to it just to hang out. And and so are there like, is there a way that you could just pick a spot in your neighborhood to regularly be present? I think that's really important.
0: Mm. Well, I just find when we have these conversations, it's uh, people uh, like myself who want to be more present, who want to who sense the shift and the pivot is 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 should be there, um, but sometimes Mm. just feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. So those were great practical, practical tips, just walking your neighborhood or maybe having a Bible study at coffee time. So that's good.
1: Or anything. It doesn't have to be that, right? It could be like, yeah, I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hanging out and or making music in a park or whatever it looks like.
0: So this is kind of a two-parter. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've found uh, in the work that you do? And then maybe uh, some of the, the biggest gifts that you've found doing the work that you do?
1: Hmm. I would say that some of the biggest challenges uh, are helping to remind people that many of my friends who have been pushed so, so far into the margins that, that they are to be deeply valued. And I think there's a, there's a sadness that exists in me (laughs) when I'm, you know, sitting with somebody on a street corner or, or talking to them about um, their own life experience and, and realizing how shunned they've been, Mm. and the ways in which they continue to be shunned, not looked at as even human, sometimes. And that, that just sits heavily in me (laughs) and uh, spurs me on, I think, too, uh, in lots of ways. But that's a grief, I think, in this and there's just a general heaviness sometimes to the challenging reality of of all of our lives right the the grief that we bear and and the need to to be able to lament mm-hmm. those things that are just really hard mm-hmm. just are and that you know I think our culture wants to sweep much of that under under the carpet or whatever else there is to sweep it under. I think it's been a huge challenge to um, convince people that the model that we've chosen (laughs) to be a church without our own walls um, is valid. Uh, I know that when I originally made that decision uh, to to give up the building, that a lot of people were standing back... um, not not wanting it to fail, but assuming that it would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like, I think just not imagining how it was possible for it to work, right? Because so often churches, as soon as, you know, a building can't be sustained or it falls apart or whatever, that's the end, right? You you close and you disperse and you find other places. And so it has been a long arc of a conversation <laughs> toward um showing people that that this works, and it's valid, and it is worth supporting. It's it's starting to shift now. And I think that's because we've been doing it for as long as we have. Mm. But I am reminded regularly (laughs) uh, that um, I need to keep telling this story and keep showing that it's why it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And the gifts, though, like far outweigh all of the challenge. I feel so well cared for in this community. It is not about what I am doing for anybody else or what our staff are doing for anybody else. It's what we're doing for one another. And that's not just lip service. Like I, (laughs) uh, as I mentioned earlier, by inviting people into full participation of the community, what, what we're trying to say is that we all have something of value to give. And again too often in a context like mine, it's easy for people to think that they always have to be on the receiving end of giving right So if you are somebody who is regularly needing whatever it may be um, and and you're constantly being given it, what can happen is that you lose the, Understanding or even belief that you have anything of value to give. And I think this is one of the challenges of charity, um, that uh, it's important and it's beautiful and it's good. And uh, when it's always sort of this us them mentality, um, something is lost. And so, and I think it can breed really unhealthy things. I think that for the receiver, again, it makes them think that um, they have nothing to give, that maybe there's an entitlement that begins to happen. You, you, know, you sort of owe me because I, I need you. Mm-hmm. And then for the giver, it's also unhealthy because it puts you in a place of power and uh, can make you think less of <laughs> those on the other side. And so to turn that on its head a bit is what we're trying to do with the Dale. And as a result, um, there's this thing that's happening where where we're all able to acknowledge uh, that we're messed up (laughs) in a variety of ways that while my um, struggle with eating too much food or... (laughs) spending way too much time on social media is different than you know my friends who who is struggling with substance abuse and then another who's struggling with something else the we're the reality is we're just all struggling Mm -hmm. and that that makes us accepting that and acknowledging that uh, reminds us of our common humanity and when we realize that we're just humans <laughs> and we need help. We can really begin to journey toward deeper wholeness. Mm. Um, and, and for us, we're, we want to journey toward deeper wholeness in Christ, in God. And so that's been a really beautiful thing for me. I think I've learned a lot about the sacredness or blessedness of brokenness. And I've learned a lot about what it means to find joy and to celebrate and learn what it means to express gratitude for even the small, seemingly small things, Hmm. right? That there is something beautiful about this life as well. And if it weren't like that, I think I would struggle to keep doing this. But it is
0: like that. It's so good. (laughs) And hard and messy and beautiful, all of it. All of those things. When you think about the upcoming year for the Dale, what what are a few things that you're excited about seeing happen?
1: Well, we've just grown again as a staff, which these days is sort of boggling my mind because I find myself (laughs) very reflective about that really difficult bleak period in 2012 and now we're a staff of four. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't, it, it's crazy. That's how I feel. Um, so I have a team, Joanna, Megan, and now Pete. And so, uh, Pete just joined us over the summer and I'm excited about growing us together as a team. I, I think it's really important to do that to, uh, to have one another's backs, (laughs) to uh, support one another in our gifts and what we have to bring our unique contribution to Mm -hmm. the team and to the community. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what that means too for the DALE um, as a whole. I think that by having a bigger staff team, that it only increases our capacity uh, to be present um, in our neighbourhood and and in relationship with people. So what I found over the last while is that as we get to know the neighborhood more, as, uh, as more people count themselves, part of the Dale, um, so does our need to be present. Mm -hmm. And there's only so much time in a day. So it's exciting (laughs) Uh, to be at this place in time. We're very concerned right now in our neighborhood about uh, housing. And uh, so uh, many of those big houses that I mentioned were that were erected during that, the heyday <laughs> um, of Parkdale were turned into rooming houses. And now they're being sold and renovated back into single family dwellings. And it's displacing um, a massive number of people. Mm. And then, um, and then there's also the you know massive condo developments, and they're just at a price point that's far out of reach for uh, well more people than just my community, right? Like most, for so most people, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there's fear about this displacement, mm-hmm. uh, about where people would go, about what it would mean for us as the Dale. We've had people. know we once had somebody who was housed on the opposite side of the city who would spend approximately three and a half hours a day walking to and from the dale because it was their community right yeah right so um i'm excited about pushing back (laughs) we are collectively excited about pushing back on some of that not to say that develop i mean development will happen and in And there's good things, too, about development, but what does it look like to uh, encourage development that doesn't simply displace? Mm -hmm. How do we um, show the neighborhood uh, the many good things that a a diverse community um, brings to a city? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but I know that we're in a place where we're very keen to help people make sure that they can stay housed where they are. Um, I'm excited about those who are getting housed and we now have the resources to support um, them getting enough of what they need because Mm -hmm. it's pretty hard if you get a room and you have nothing to put in it, no bed, no anything, right? right? So the fact that we have resources now to help people sort of start up um, is exciting. I'm I'm excited always about what it means to continue uh, deepening relationships and what happens when you do. I'm excited about uh, having more things to celebrate. Uh, one of my coworkers is expecting a baby, and that's
0: unusual at the Dale right? And there's other good Ah, things happening. That's that's a good point. uh, I guess that would be something that doesn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, no,
1: it doesn't, right? Not in the same way,
0: unfortunately, Mm -hmm. as some
1: communities or churches I know, Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, a wedding every weekend of the summer. Unfortunately, we're doing funerals too often, right? right? We're saying goodbye to people Mm -hmm. in untimely ways. So wanting to sit well in all of that, to not push that away, um, to lament, and to balance all of that or live well into the tension, maybe, of uh, lament and celebration. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about continuing to do that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's many things to be excited about. (laughs) So if people were interested in getting a hold of you or supporting the work that you're doing, um what's the best way that they can find you?
1: Oh, there's a few ways. Uh people can uh connect with me directly. So, um all of my contact information is on the Dale website, which is also a great place to find out what we're doing and to know where we are. Uh so that's uh thedale.org. Um, I also blog, as do all of my coworkers. Uh, I think it's really important to keep um, to always be telling the story. I, I'm, I think storytelling is important. Um, so you could also find that on the website. We're um, on all kinds of social media as well, and um, people are always welcome to come and join us at the Dale. So you're welcome to, and anybody's welcome to just come to a drop-in. That's probably the best way to find us. If it were on a day where there wasn't a drop-in, I would recommend calling (laughs) just so that we could give you our coordinates as to wherever (laughs) we are. Um, But yeah, everybody's welcome to find out more and to get in touch.
0: That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time uh, that you spent with us today and sharing about the work you're doing. Just want to say a special thanks for being present in that neighborhood and in the neighborhood that you're in at the Dale. Um, it sounds like hard and exciting work all at the same time. So thank you for your faithful presence and thank you that uh, you've been serving so diligently for so many years and teaching and showing other people how to be present in the neighborhood and how. Um, thinking through different funding models and living a life without walls and, and all of that good stuff. It's it's an important story that you have that's emerging, and I know that people all across Canada will be and maybe even people in the states that are listening will be encouraged from the work mm-hmm. that you're doing. So thank you for all of your hard work in the neighborhood, and just hope you know that your labor is is not in vain. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Al, and thank you for
1: championing storytelling through this podcast you and jared i'm really excited to hear the work that you are doing at bringing people together so thank you
0: well that was aaron oxford from the dale ministries what a great story i told you it was a good one a few takeaways that i had i loved when aaron shared about how, um, when in 2012, when they sort of experienced this transition, that she began to understand what it means to be, to be underhoused or to be living on the brink of poverty, the way so many others in their community um, lived and experienced, and things about being transient, um, and how this was an opportunity to understand what that meant in a more practical way having so many people in their community who are also transient. I love the idea of knocking on doors and asking for people to help house their programs. And oh my goodness, friends, There is a lot of other churches and organizations that help host the Dale. So they're at um, an Anglican church. They're at a Presbyterian church one day, utilizing a Salvation Army thrift store at uh, St. Clair Center, um, Parkdale Queen West Community Center. The list is just ongoing. And it's so encouraging to hear that churches and organizations in the neighborhood were able to share their gifts and their gifts were Space. They had excess space that could be utilized, and the Dale had people that wanted to utilize their space. I I think Aaron mentioned they have about 150 people at some of their drop-ins that happen all throughout the week. And so I want to encourage you that if you are in the Toronto area or you are going to the Toronto area, to go to the Dale Ministries and check out what they are doing. Their website is thedale.org. You can find out tons of information about the things that they're doing you can get involved you can donate and I just ask you to pray for this community because this is awesome work that they're doing Erin and her team are present in the community they are a, a community church without walls come and see them see what they're up to and I love the idea that um The Dale doesn't think about um, doing something for, quote unquote, those people, but they're doing something together. Everyone who comes is given an opportunity to help, and it's an important part of who they are. So come and work alongside and participate with others check out the stuff that they are doing Um, and if you want to give them a financial support gift uh, they would take that as well for sure so thedale.org thank you so much Erin for that excellent interview and sharing your story with us New Leaf is going to be everywhere this fall there's a good chance that we might be coming to a city near you so the best way to keep up with us is our website newleafnetwork.ca sign up for our e-newsletter we send that out about once a month we promise not to spam you but we would love to meet you face to face and even more importantly we would love to introduce people to one another in your region in your city perhaps even in your neighborhood so that you can connect and collaborate together all across Canada we've got some events coming out we'd love you to be there so keep keep up with us we would love to keep up with you and thanks again so much for tuning in to this neighborhood series that we've been hosting throughout the summer we pray that it would encourage and inspire you to be more locally present to be more place based minded and to think about the great things that you can do in your neighborhood or support those who are already doing great things in the neighborhoods and the places that you live thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time